Welcome to the Money Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Moses the Mentor. And on this episode, I'm joined by Sarah Davis. She's the CEO and founder of Jumpstart Clearwater. Her company is based in the Clearwater, Florida area, and she empowers local residents to become developers in their own neighborhood. How great is that? Through quality, community-focused real estate development, she's a true pioneer. I'm definitely looking forward to her insights on this great mission, so let's get started. Thank you for joining the show. What I always do to start the show is to give my guests an opportunity to share their career journey and what exactly inspired them to start their business. Hey, Moses. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on your channel. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm super passionate about the topic, so excited to share my story. So just about what I do. So I'm the president of an organization called Jumpstart Clearwater. And Jumpstart Clearwater is a real estate uh, development training program. So essentially what we do is we teach aspiring developers or newbies to the game. We teach them the ins and outs of real estate development and show them the different jump steps that it takes to actually rehab properties, develop homes, et cetera. So in our program, it's a four week, a four part series. So for four weeks, you're kind of with us and we're teaching you the ins and outs of how to get started in real estate development. What challenges did you face early on when you started Jumpstart Clearwater? Well, Jumpstart Clearwater, the reason, you know, I started it is because of the challenges that I faced in my own personal career. So, you know, when I started developing about six years ago, you know, I, I hit a lot of roadblocks and a lot of things that were stops in the roads or challenges that caused me to either delay a project or not know where to go from there. So some of the challenges that I faced was knowledge, you know, education, learning, what to expect when you're on a project, how to select a good viable project to take on. So I think had I had a mentor, I think had I known others who were in the industry who were doing similar things as myself, I think I would have been much more successful sooner. So those were the triggers or the reasons why I got involved with the training program and wanted to provide and extend that training to others who are coming up along the way. Well, tell us a little bit about Jumpstart Clearwater just to begin with. You, you mentioned it's a, it's a full-fledged training program. Um, how long have you been doing it? Give us a little bit of the history of ultimately how you actually started. So Jumpstart Clearwater, some of you have maybe heard about the Jumpstart programs. Jumpstart, which is the real estate training program, is known all around the country. There was a developer by the name of Ken Weinstein who actually started it, and he allows folks who are interested in teaching to take his curriculum open source, free to you, and you can start that program in your local area or community. So that's kind of how I got um, the knowledge about the program. I did take the training, and then I decided to bring the training to Clearwater and to teach others about it. So what does it entail? So within the four-part series, we bring in industry experts to teach you the ins and outs of real estate development. So on, for example, first day of training, you're going to hear from an actual developer who's been in the game for 20 plus years, a very seasoned developer who's actively in the industry. On the second you know, day of your training, you're going to hear from another expert like a general contractor who will talk about the construction component to how to rehab and develop homes. And then further out into the curriculum, you hear from others like lenders and financing and how to get your deals sourced. And then realtors who talk about that buy and hold, buy and rent part or component to the process. So 
the training is basically bringing in experts to teach you kind of all the different facets that go into real estate development. Your program is helping bridge the need for investors in your community. So talk about the impact that that can potentially have to Clearwater right now. So is there a need for new investors in your area? Absolutely. So what we're doing is we're empowering local residents to become developers. So your everyday folks who are living in the community. I mean, one, they have, you know, they've been there and they have the knowledge and they have the concern or the care, the level of, you know, line of sight, like what the community really needs. And I think a lot of times the biggest gap is that one would not have the education or the know-how to do it, to be a developer of their own neighborhood. So we're specifically targeting an impoverished area, an impoverished community within Clearwater called North Greenwood. And so in North Greenwood, where there's a lack of more seasoned developers who aren't as interested in doing small-scale projects, we're now opening those opportunities to local residents to take up those opportunities. So In my opinion, I think one of the greatest things that Jumpstart Clearwater or any training program provides to a community like Greenwood is it gives the opportunity for others to get a part of the pie or be a part of the change. So now you're seeing development happen at a more rapid pace because you're not waiting for, you know, the seasoned more, you know, developers who are, you know, doing other projects, you're not waiting on them. You have folks in the area who can do it themselves now because they have the resources and the education. Oh, that, that sounds amazing. So what are some of the key factors for successful real estate development in underserved areas like Clearwater? Okay, so some of the key factors to be successful in an underserved area, I think it's having boots on the ground and a really good line of sight of what's happening in the community. So being a part of the community, being present, being visible, Being a person who's at the table to understand what are the needs and the lacks in the community is what's key to you being successful. I think a lot of times you'll see local residents maybe not as much of an advocate for development in their area. And I think the struggle with that is that folks just don't know what's really going on or maybe there's a lack of a connection there between the developer and the residents. So I think to be successful, you need to have a seat at the table. You need to know the legends in the community, the ones who have kind of been there and kind of know the bones of the area and build relationships with them. So I think, you know, as long as you're talking with folks and getting to know who's in the area, as you're thinking about developing, building those relationships are a key success factor. When you, you're you looking at the potential for a location, how do you assess the potential for development? So is there a method to what areas you actually look to actually develop on? Talk to us about that as far as your assessment for location. Yeah. So you want to be very knowledgeable, absolutely, before you start targeting what areas you want to develop in. One of the things that I've always done is I attend city council meetings. I make sure that I'm at public hearings to understand what's coming, what's in the pipeline, what's the conversation sounding like at the table. And North Greenwood, as an example, there's a, it's a CRA designation. So for those who are not familiar with what a CRA is, CRAs are community redevelopment areas. It means the city has identified that area as an impoverished location that really needs a heavy focus of resources, of time, energy, and some brainstorming of what's missing and what do we need to add to benefit the area. So no, having that line of sight and that type of knowledge of, okay, it's CRA, that there's, there's a need here. There's definitely going to be a lot of opportunity coming down in the future because that area is such a high profile for the city. 
is that pretty much like an opportunity zone? Is that comparable, the CRA? Yeah, opportunity zone is a, is one way to to identify it. But it's not just from a city level. It's also from a county level as well. So there's absolutely a lot of funding coming down. There's a lot of opportunity coming down. So yes, great question. I would agree. Can you discuss the balance between profitability and community service with your projects? Yeah, so I'm an advocate of social responsibility because, you know, a lot of people think when you get into real estate development, it's the get rich quick scheme, it's the generational wealth, and all of that comes out of it as well. That's a part of it. But I think there's also a social responsibility that we all have as far as due diligence with the areas that we're developing in. So I think they go hand in hand. When I'm looking at properties and developments targeted in North Greenwood, there's a heavy focus on affordability once rehab is complete to make sure AMI and things like that are taken into account. So, you know, in our in our training, a lot of times um, in our orientation, I'll touch on these points that you can do well by also doing good. So your bottom line should never be about, you know, chasing money. I think the bottom line should be about how can we collectively grow as a community and do well by doing good for others, not just yourself. That's a great a way to look at it, but it kind of leads to my next question. So how do you respond to critics who, when they see development happening in a community, an underserved community, that can lead to gentrification? What do you say to people who are opposed to those major development plans? So I get this question a lot, and I would say to that, Gentrification is inevitable. And, you know, when we think about developing communities, we need to understand, I think there's an education gap. We want communities to be developed. We want them to be improved. We want them to grow and to be revitalized. But I think that the gap comes into part that we're not inclusive. I think that we should be more focused on equaling the, the playing field and bringing others to be a part of a revitalization effort. So improving a community, I'm an advocate for that. I think that it just comes with a level of responsibility where we're allowing other people to come in and be a part of that as well, who are from the communities. Which strategies have been most effective with these real estate development projects? Like, what are some things that, you know, coming out the gate, someone can really be um, successful with doing? I think... um, The biggest component to that is that you're going to get paired with a mentor. And I don't know what other program in the area that actually can provide such a a resource to someone who's aspiring or just getting their feet wet with a project. So I think that that is what provides so much of the success that we've seen with the program is that once you've taken the curriculum and the training and you've graduated from the program, as long as you've met the eligibility criteria, you're going to get paired with the mentor. Now, the mentors are not meant to be around long term. They're technically with you for about six months. So if you're ready to start rehabbing right after graduation, you can get started on your first project with someone who's very seasoned and been there and can kind of help you navigate, you know, completing pro formas, completing your financing, you know, getting all your ducks in a row to get your financing, et cetera. Those are, I think, the major differences that I think help graduates be successful post-graduation. You know, as far as development, are you developing rehabbing homes or is it new construction or a combination of both? Yeah. So my personal profile, I got started with 
long-term rentals about six years ago. That's kind of how I started to get into development, just kind of renting out to your typical uh, tenant for long-term, maybe one-year leases, two-year leases at a time. From that, I decided about two years of that, we decided to go into short-term rentals, which was Airbnb. And that was a total game changer for us. We really wanted to niche down and do corporate contracts. So my portfolio is a mix between some rehabbing and some buy and holds where we do um, the short-term rentals, long-term rentals. And the people that are in the program, what direction do they typically go in? Yeah, everyone kind of comes in with their own intention or what their niches that they're interested in getting involved in. Most of them are looking to do rehab, though, the majority. Gotcha. Gotcha. The big hurdle that a lot of people face is funding. So how do you actually help your students with funding? How does funding work with real estate development? Do you have any best practices or just any information that you can share about that process? Yeah, I think funding is the major roadblock to stopping or putting a halt to aspiring developers coming up and being successful. So in our program, we spend a whole training session on funding and we do have a lender that comes in to talk about the different types of funds and loans that you can leverage for a property that you've identified. One of the things that the Jumpstart program is going to at some point provide is an actual private loan fund. So some of the Jumpstart programs that are run out of Philadelphia after you finish the program, I think it's really cool that you can source loans within their program curriculum. So after you graduate, they have a private loan that you can leverage. So I imagine within the next year or two, we should have a loan program up and going where our graduates can source internally with us. But for now, we pair them up with a mortgage broker or finance guy to help you get the the loan cleared and available to you to start your project. So some of the loans that they'll use is heart money lenders. So they have a whole assortment of those that they can, you know, pair you up with. How do you ensure sustainability? in your development projects. We'll be back after a quick break. If you enjoy the show and would love to be a supporter, head to the episode description and click the link so that you can become a supporter of the show. For as low as $3 a month with no commitment and cancel any time, you can contribute to the success of the show and making sure it's sustainable for years to come. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Back to the episode. I think that it's about selecting the right project or the right home. If you're in an area that is going to grow, which for us, the North Greenwood is a CRA designation. You kind of done your homework on the area. You know, it's an up and coming location. North Greenwood is also near our beaches, you know, Clearwater Beach. So I think that's important for you to have that line of sight, which kind of draws back to being boots on the ground knowing your area, knowing where you're looking to rehab, selecting a property, working with the realtor to look at comps, et cetera. Those are, those are important components as well. But I think the major deal breaker is knowing the area well enough to kind of have a line of sight of what's coming, what's coming down the pipe. I would imagine you got to have a lot of patience too. So, you know, studying a market, a lot of these major changes take, take time, you know, so really just immersing yourself in the market that you want to invest in. And also in this case, you know, the market that you actually live in is really important. So you brought up like going to, you know, council meetings and 
I'm sure reading local newspapers and stuff like that, just to make sure that you're abreast of what's going on. Because if you get in, when you start seeing this stuff happen, you're probably too late, right? You know, it's good to know before they actually start digging and all that other stuff. So you got to do your homework. So that's cool. That's a great point. And I do want to put a plug like for, for myself, you know, that could feel overwhelming to say, you know, read the newspaper and go to city council meetings. Like, you know, if you've not kind of been exposed to, you know, those meetings and what they're talking about, it could feel overwhelming to sort through all that information coming out about holistically a city at a city level. So, you know, what I did is I got involved with an organization called the Clearwater Urban Leadership Coalition. That community group was spearheaded by the community residents. And so coming to those meetings, we would meet twice a month. We would come collectively as a group and we would talk about the area and what are the risks? What are the the things that we really need in the community that are missing? How do we want to see our area revitalized? So a lot of that, I think I kind of got exposed to from being kind of at the table for years of wanting to be someone to help, you know, be the solution to a lot of the problems that we're seeing coming out of North Greenwood. Great advice for general advice that can apply to any area, you know, in the country. So I hope everybody's listening up about that. So how do you envision the role of real estate development impacting and shaping communities for the next decade? Do you see a lot of this happening across the country? Yeah, I think programs like Jumpstart Clearwater is going to really cause a shift. I think that we're really going to see a lot more diversity at, you know, the table. You know, when I go to a lot of conferences or training seminars in real estate development, a lot of the times I'm the only one that looks like me. So I think, you know, having more diversity is key and vital, especially when you're coming into communities to revitalize. I think it's important that you have an understanding more broadly. So I think offering trainings like this, where you have components of mentorship, where you have components of funding sourced internally, those are the real things that shift things to make uh, the level, the playing field more level. So I do, I do think it's going to uh, cause a good, a good shift and more of a balance. So what are your future goals for Jumpstart Clearwater? I know you mentioned that you would love to have a loan, a lending arm within Jumpstart Clearwater, but what other goals are you looking to accomplish for your company? Yeah, I think that I'd like to see an increase in the students who come through the program. I'd like to see more individuals taking advantage of the training and curriculum. We do get a a heavy list of those who are kind of on a lineup or a wait list. So my hope is that we can keep these training programs going, if not annually, more throughout the year. Right now we're doing them once a year because of bandwidth and trying to get more momentum from experts coming in to teach classes. But I would like to see the program grow and scale. I would like to see more, like I mentioned about the loan program, that's really important to get up, more resources available to students who are graduating. I would like to see more mentors, more volunteers to come and support the program, to give back their time. I think every single person who's received a lot or have seen success within real estate, I think we all owe it back to to pay it back and to share with others who are coming up along the way. So I think that would be wonderful to have more mentors who sign up to be a part of the program. What final thoughts or advice would you like to share with the audience, people that are going to be interested in community-focused real estate development in particular? Yeah, what, yeah what, my advice is 
I tell this to everyone, you know, when you're really interested in real estate development, I think the, the first starting point is to read books. I think a lot of us sometimes we think, I'll just get on YouTube really quick and just, you know, do a quick little search. But I think, you know, a lot of this information that I've acquired over the years came a lot from reading books. A lot of this stuff is really spelled out at length um, and in detail in books. So I would encourage aspiring developers to leverage their local libraries, get your library card, grab a couple books for the week, go through them, find the ones that's got some good nuggets and take notes. I'd also say mentors. Mentors are game changers. If you don't have a mentor, you need a mentor. And mentors, I mean, sometimes it's some folks may not understand like how to go about that process. And I think it's just as simple as reaching out to someone who inspires you, whether on social media or you kind of see, you know, someone who's doing something that you have an interest in, just reach out to them and ask them, hey, can I just get 15 minutes of your time to just come in and ask you a couple questions? And then from there, see if you can follow up with them a little bit later and, you know, get some advice along your journey. But I think having a mentor is essential and it really sets you up for success. And then my last component is to, um, I, I, this was this was what I lived by as I was journeying my way or finding my way. Don't count the days, make the days count. So I think, you know, it, it you know, it takes time as with everything, you know, everything kind of takes time. But as long as you're making small changes and you're applying pressure and you're getting out there and you're meeting people and you're getting your yourself in position for that opportunity, you'll be there in no time. So, yeah, don't count the days, just make the days count. That's excellent advice. I haven't heard that one. So that's that's definitely a good one. Before we go, tell the audience how they can actually reach you. Give your website and social media. Yeah, if you're interested in joining the Jumpstart Clearwater program, we have a cohort or a class that's launching in April. So there's still time to sign up. Um, you can go to www.jumpstartclearwater.com and you can click the apply now or the application tab at the top and you can submit your application. So I look forward to um, seeing folks enroll. And I think that's an excellent place to start for anyone who's interested in real estate development. And what about um, social media? Any particular one you want to call out? Yeah, if you're on social media, I would say Facebook. Our Facebook page for Jumpstart Clearwater is the most active. So you can go to Facebook.com and just search Jumpstart Clearwater and you'll find our, our fan page or you'll see a lot of information about the things that we're doing here in the area. And, you know, if once you graduate from the program, we do have a private Facebook group that you're welcome to join. But that information we'll share with you once folks are coming out of the class. I'll, I'll make sure to include all that contact information in the show notes. Um, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to, to give us a, a rundown of your program. And I wish you the best of luck in the future with Jumpstart Clearwater. And I, I look forward to the, the development of those areas in Clearwater and you sound like you definitely are passionate about uplifting that community. And I'm just really proud that you took the stance of developing and making sure that your community grows alongside your investment portfolio. Wow. Thank you. Very meaningful. That means so much to me. And thank you for the opportunity to come and share more about what we're doing. Sarah, thank you again for sharing your valuable experience and your great insights with us today. I know I appreciate it, and I hope the audience does as well. Your work is a testament to the power of real estate in transforming communities. So I really thank you for everything that you're doing. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. And before you go, 
Don't forget to visit MosesTheMentor.com and also head over to my YouTube channel, Moses the Mentor, for great stories, education, and insights just like this. So until next time, keep focusing on your financial growth and impact the community in great ways. Peace. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Money Focus Podcast. And if you're a visual person, I have great news for you. You can head over to YouTube and head to my channel, Moses the Mentor, and you'll find every single episode there to watch. You can also look in the description of this video for a link. But again, you can watch this full episode on YouTube, Moses the Mentor. Check me out.